the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Let's start by uh, thinking positively. You know, we're in a stressful time. It's near Christmas to the holidays and uh, Thanksgiving coming up. And uh, we should just unstress a little bit. The time to relax when you don't have time for it. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was from a horse master. He told me to go slow, to go fast. I think that applies to everything in life. We live as though there aren't enough hours in the day, but if we do each thing calmly and carefully, we will get it done quicker with much less stress. Ain't that the truth? Much of the stress that people feel doesn't come from having too much to do. It's not finishing what they started. And then one of my favorites from Lee Iacocca, uh, when I was at Lehman Brothers, came in and talked to us. So in times of great stress or adversity, it's always best to keep busy, to plow your anger and your energy into something positive. There we go. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I, I've been talking to some people, and I'm going to stress the uh, the wealth plan today quite a bit. But uh, if you'd like to have an appointment, remember, you, you can do a wealth plan now without becoming a client. Uh, of course, we'd love to have you. But it gives you an idea, you know, without a plan, you're you're up you know where up a creek without a paddle you know what I mean, and I, I think it's important important. It's it's probably one of the most important things you'll do. You know I've had several clients who uh, have passed away unfortunately, who did did not have a plan, and I pushed it on them, and their kids are still looking for what they own. Because uh, the one gentleman had a very unique filing system. And uh, it, it, it was a problem. The other thing is, if you'd like to make an appointment with me, you know, uh, just go to WHK's webpage and go down to local podcasts or across the local podcasts and down to the Smart Investor Show. And it has my phone number. It has my email, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll be glad to sit down with you. Uh, can meet you at a restaurant, can meet you at my office, whatever you want to do. Um, it, it, it's I, I think... People forget how important it is to to sit down. I'm thinking about having a um, a seminar sometime in January or February, and uh, I'll let you know more about that when the time comes. Uh, probably know in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm taking a little bit of a vacation coming up, so uh, we'll take it from there. But so last week uh, we had a cooler expected CPI release. Uh, it really made the bulls strong, okay? And I generally see the the print as constructive for U.S. equities, uh, in my humble opinion. You know, Tom Lee says it's a game changer. There's some caveats, though, and, and what we like is that the deceleration inflation, infl- inflation that many equities 
investors have been expecting and hoping finally materialized. And then the PPI came out the same way, all right? So uh, one thing we don't like is that the S&P has lost its valuation appeal again. Okay, so I, I think, you, you know, what I'm trying to say is that you got, I think you got to wait a little bit. Following last week's bounce, uh, you know, the S&P 500's PEs were at average uh, consensus earnings per share and a little above RPC, uh, RBC's estimate. So not frothy, but lacking the appeal we had started to see around the October lows. So, you know, with that, you know, now what moderate inflation means for U.S. equities broadly it's also a complicated affair, given that inflation expectations are still generally elevated relative to uh, history, despite coming down a bit. All right. So the main thing we've been communicating to investors to, on this point lately is that moderating inflation is a headwind for the, the S&P 500 due to the correlation with revenues. OK, so, you know, when they start to raise interest rates like that, the revenues start to come down. And that's you know, that's the hard part uh, about the market, you know. So will next year be an earnings recession? You know, that's what everybody's questioning. So, you know, moderate inflation seems it could be, you know, uh, we could have lower U.S. equities going forward. We don't know. But midterm musings, uh, you know, we saw the results as good for stocks. I think detente is good. When nothing can, gets accomplished in Washington <laughs> – as far as I'm concerned, it's the best time, uh, most wonderful time of the year, as they say. Um, look, Tom Porcelli loved the CPI report, and he had a lot to say about the PPI report. And so he was very positive. He thinks we've got the peak inflation. The question is, uh, look, look, well, let's put it this way. There was a lot to like, you know, uh, medical care services had a potential to put downward pressure on inflation. The shelter prices were, again, firm, but this was part of the uh, owing to acceleration in hotel fares. Rent actually slowed. Okay, so, you know, that's that's big. And, and the other thing was uh, used car prices, which finally showed a notable decline consistent with what we've seen in the market prices. Uh, court goods still de- declined, too. So that's, you know, we, we have the makings of, you know, of, uh, you know, look, back in September, we sat down and on this show and said that we thought the market had bottomed. Now, I didn't say it was, I didn't know if it was the ultimate bottom. I still don't know if it's the ultimate bottom. We've come a long way, okay? So overall, the CPI means the Fed no longer has its back to the wall, okay? And I think that's what's important. Uh, you know, but, you know, what we'll probably see Look, they're they're trying to solve a a supply problem by cutting back on demand, and and that is something that uh, you know, uh, you know, God bless them. I I don't know if they can do it, but um, you know, we'll go from here. But equities have become increasingly, you know, incredibly fragile. At, you know, um, with all the central bank, you know, we got the Bank of England raising rates, we got you know uh, Canada raising rates, so. I think it's important that we, we understand that, uh, you know, first of all, I don't think they're done. Uh, so we've come a long way. And what I'm trying to say in so many words is that, you know, you, you don't want to be chasing stocks here. 
that's what I'm pr- tr- trying to say. Look, Powell poured cold water on a pivot. Okay, he's uh, you know he he came out and basically said we ain't done yet. All right, so just remember that and and keep that in the back of your mind. And look, we've come a long way since the low in September. Okay, uh, we're we're up almost fifteen percent, almost four thousand Dow points. So don't chase. All right, I think. You know, we've come a long way. We're fairly overbought in the short term. Wait for it. Um, look, I've talked about wealth plan, and we have a wealth plan questionnaire. And it just all it does is put together your personal information, some ex- expectations of your lifestyle, some concerns that you have, uh, what your goals are, your needs, your wants, your wishes, etc. And uh, you know what your retirement income is, what your Social Security benefits are, and investment assets. Okay. You know, your lifestyle assets, we'll call them. Uh, you know, you have other homes, real estate, personal property, insurance, liabilities, et cetera. And we put those all together, okay, and give you an idea. Then we then we have a thing that says, hey, you're going to make it or not? What are the probabilities? And and that gets really interesting sometimes. We have some frank conversations with people. Uh, you know, I told one gentleman about eight, nine years ago that he, he didn't have enough money to retire. And I did I had done a wealth plan kind of just on the information I had from him. And you know, he actually ended up leaving me uh, because he was mad and his accountant said, and I, it's not my fault. <laughs> you know, he had been, he had be, his return had been about 9% every year, even in the bear market. And that's pretty good. Uh, and, you know, he, his accountant said he, he shouldn't do, go do business with me uh, because he couldn't afford it. Well, 9% is a pretty good return after all the facts, especially in a bear market. So we'll just we'll leave that at that. Now, one of the big things that you have to do as an individual and what we try to help you with is choose a sustainable withdrawal rate. What people sometimes do is they get their 401k money and they go out and buy a boat or a brand new – you know, look, I just had a guy buy uh, – he can afford it. <laughs> but he just bought a, a new Audi – you know, A or S R S five convertible. Okay, now he can afford it, but in retirement, the measure for success is that you know, as I always said, you know, your your last checks bounce <laughs> for for your funeral. All right, but you need to look at your withdrawal rate. Now, what is a withdrawal rate? A withdrawal rate is the number that provides context for the amount you take out of your portfolio every year. A simple way to estimate your withdrawal rate is to start with your total annual expenses. That's what we do in the wealth plan and subtract your other sources of income, you know, social security, pension, annuity, rental property, et cetera. It's, it's fairly simple. What is the sustainable withdrawal rate? It's calculating withdrawal rate. It's just a start, by the way. And it's, it's really essential to understand the impact of the withdrawal rate on your long-term financial security. You want to base your planning on a sustainable rate, the maximum amount you can afford. Okay. It's that simple. Now, the other thing uh, I have available, people, if you if you go to WHK1420, local podcast down to Tim Hayes, there's all sorts of contact me and email me. We have a year-end checklist, which I sent out to everybody, and I screwed up on the, uh, on the carbon copy, and I apologize to everybody. Uh, but it's, it gives you everything you need to know, some questions you have for your financial advisor, you know, wh- what you should be doing, et cetera, et cetera. So if you'd like that, just... Get to contact me or email me. If you'd like to set up an appointment, do just say, hey, Tim, we'd like to sit down and talk with you. Now, look, this was another challenging month for fixed income. Uh, you know, with the raise in interest rates, 
Um, and then the CPI coming in, the PPI coming in, a lot better than expected. You know, it was a challenging month for fixed income. And, uh, you know, municipals have stubbornly stayed high, the yields. Uh, so for those people who like tax-free bonds, uh, we have some interesting stuff that we've seen here. Um, you know, treasuries, if you look at treasuries versus municipals, on a 10-year, uh, the uh, end of the we're at 315 and a treasury's at four. That means you're getting a better after-tax yield in, in municipals. So uh, kind of an interesting scenario. Um, also, you know, look, we're in an unsettled environment. You know, we had some bombs. I mean, a, a missile go off into Poland. Uh, it turns out it might have been the Ukrainian one. Uh, so there's all sorts of stuff going on out there. Just be careful right now. All right. Hey, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, once again, if you have any questions, you can go to WHK1420 local podcast on the Smart Investor Show and just ask. All right. We'll be right back. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Plumbing for Women. The title of that course would probably ruffle feathers today, and understandably so. But back when I taught it, everyone loved it, especially the students. Those women really wanted to know how plumbing worked, and they felt empowered by being able to work on their own plumbing. In the final exam, students made a modern art-looking sculpture from copper pipe and fittings. Each joint had to be properly soldered. Then we'd hook that sculpture up to a garden hose, and we'd pressure test it for leaks. It always worked perfectly. I still have some of those sculptures hanging around my office and home. I have always loved plumbing, and it's one of the great joys of my life to spread that passion to others, including our employees at Wyatt Works. Because I believe you deserve a plumber who loves his work and treats it like a calling, not just a job. Not only will he do better work, but you're going to be a whole lot happier having him in your home. And, quite frankly, that's the secret behind the Wallach-a-Doodle experience. Consider it done at WyattWorks.com. License number 30185. Brandon Tatum wants to see the same treatment. We get control of the House and the Senate. I want to see a complete beatdown of Democrats every single minute on a minute. Investigation after investigation. Impeachment hearing. I don't care what's happening. Impeach Joe Biden. Just like they did Donald Trump with no merit. Impeach Joe Biden. The Officer Tatum Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1420, The Answer. Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. We're back, and, and one of the things I want to talk to you about is, uh, you know, I've been saying for years, like two years now, Okay, I've been talking about energy stocks, and uh, I think we were ahead of the, you know, we made a pretty good call on the energy stocks. I mean, Exxon, 
when we were talking about it was at 48 bucks. It was an eight and a half percent dividend. It's now at 113, 114. Uh, so we have our global uh, energy best ideas and, uh, you know, both the integrated and the expiration and production. Uh, there's one midstream. I, I just bought some this week for some people. I really like it. It's a master limited partnership. It's in there. Uh, I know there's been a lot of insider buying, by the way. G- great looking chart. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, on top of it, uh, you know, I, I am a firm believer in, uh, you know, you, you really want to be paying close attention to the energy stocks on any kind of pullback. And I, look, I think we're we're kind of overbought right now, so I think we could get a pullback. All right. So next thing is we, we had our uh, telecommunications uh, the TIMT group. <laughs> That's media, telecom, technology, and the internet. And we had our conference this week. All right. And I have all the notes. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff. Now, you know, three years ago, this was the thing to own. Okay. When, when we first talked about that, it was, it was in 2018 and it was a home run shot. I'm not so sure. I think you got to, you know, do your homework a little bit more on this one this time around and make sure that you're paying, you know, real close attention to these ideas. I think there's some significant opportunities here because they killed them. All right. Remember, we about a year ago, we said that the NASDAQ had gone parabolic and you should be careful. And, uh, you know, we, ha- we have a lot of dividend stocks, so we're, we're holding up fairly well anyway. Now, the stock bond and currency markets are all testing important technical levels right now. And I think most investors uh, focused on Thursday's CPI and then yesterday's, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not yesterday's, uh, Tuesday's um, PPI. Look, uh, our expectation is that a benign inflation re- uh, report is positive for stocks, okay? The market's unusual reaction to last month's higher than expected inflation report should be a reminder not to prejudge market action. So, you know, we had inflation numbers a couple months ago. We got whacked. We had them this time. We went up 1,200 points. So the Dow Industrials is now up 16% from from the, um, the low in September. What's interesting is it broke its downtrend line. So now it's a solid citizen again. The Russell 2000 did the same thing. That's kind of interesting, okay? So we have very important technical levels coming up for the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ composite. So, look, I'll say this about the S&P. The weekly momentum is still oversold. So we're we're probably going to have some, you know, we've had a big move. You know, it's a 12% move on the S&P. We're still down 17% for the year, okay? The NASDAQ was down 38%. And rallied to be down only 32. And by the way, there's a lot of stocks in the NASDAQ that are only down 25%. So that means there's a lot of stocks down 50, 60, and 70, some 80, 90. Okay, because there's 3,655 stocks down there. So it's, it's a lot. But what we did was we stopped right at the 200 week moving average. And I thought that was pretty important. All right, uh, we stopped right there, did what we call a rat's tail. We we went down hard and then finished at the clo- uh, up at the close at the top of, for the week. Now this is weekly, so uh, very very important, you know. And the Dow broke through broke through the downtrend line. Uh, that's that's pretty big, you know. Uh, you know that's when you uh, 
I go from a um, bear market to a bull market or a bear situation to a bull situation. But it will test that line again. So you don't have to go out and get crazy, okay? Don't be chasing things. Let them come back to you. Be careful. All right, now, look, I'm going to make a bold statement here. And, and uh, I think the 10-year is high. I don't think we're going to see 425 or 440 again. I think it hit, uh, the two-year is at four st- still up there, and I think the two-year is going to stay there. Okay, so, by the way, an asset allocation, if you're buying bonds, the two-year to five-year area is still the best place to be. And boy, we have a great, great inventory of CDs and corporate bonds in that two- to five-year area. And, and JR, our bond trader, is doing a great job of uh, putting together good packages for people. The dollar broke down completely. And that, you know, we, we said two weeks ago that we thought the dollar had broken its uptrend line. And, you know, uh, we were talking about currencies being the weakest form or, or the lowest form of life on a relative strength basis. Okay. And that's, that's important because two currencies broke down the dollar and Bitcoin. We forgot about Bitcoin. Bitcoin was down 4,000 bucks in two days. That's, that, you know, that's, uh, that ain't chump change, folks. So, look, on a weekly basis, what I think we have to think about is the equity markets continue to show evidence of competing, completing a, a cyclical low, all right? And that's important. You know, there's a lot of green shoots out there. You know, we still have very depressed sentiment. I've, I've had so many calls this week from y'all out there that, uh, I could use my brother's southern accent there, about... Uh, you know, is this the end? Is this the end? Should we get out? Should we get out? No. I think you wait for a pullback and get in. Look, bear markets don't stay around forever. They tend to be hard and fast, and you got to remember that, okay? Look, the pullback would not be surprising if the equity markets are beginning to get really overbought here, okay? So just remember, that don't get crazy. I think the currencies are, you know, kind of interesting. Now, one of the things we always talk about is Rob Schleimer's famous you know, Rob's our head technician, and he's very good. And he talks about this monthly quadrant balance indicator. And, um, you know, it, it, what it does is it tracks the percentage of stocks with rising monthly momentum. Uh, and it's bottoming and it's turning up as the S&P 500 rallies. But it's still at a pretty low level. Okay, it's still oversold. So that's something you have to take in take into account and and make sure you understand and the weekly momentum on the S&P 500 is still below the zero line so we're not overbought at any stretch of the imagination and i think what you have to you know pay attention to now the nasdaq composites has a lot of overhang okay but it has made its first higher low that's important uh but it, it is the, the momentum is not as oversold as as the uh, uh, the S and P five hundred. Now it has had its first uptick on a relative strength basis relative to the S and P five hundred. Will it last? I'm I'm not sure. But you know, with the Dow, you know, the Dow's the place to be. If if you look at the bullish percent this week, a lot of it's in in the big cap stocks. All right, that's where people go first. The other thing is the Russell 2000, so it, it, it's broken the downtrend line. And now it has to, you know, uh, it, look, it's very, um, the Russell 2000 shows some very early signs of stalling. 
and it's near its 30, you know, 62% retracement and it's 200 day moving average. So it's, it's a pretty wide band and, you know, small caps are hard to, uh, you know, it's, it, they're really hard to kind of figure out sometimes because they make such dramatic moves. But look, um, I looked at some of the foreign markets and the, the German DAX has held up, but it's, it's, uh, the momentum's starting to give and the FTSE, uh, you know, has held up fairly well, um, but starting to give it back a little bit too. So, but remember, seasonality is important. November and December are two of the best months of all time, and January is, you know, in the top five. So, seasonality says that we're probably on go here. Okay. And then the other thing is the number of 52 week new lows is a noteworthy divergence right now. All right. The, you know, we're not seeing the number of new lows that we saw. And if you look at the number of new highs, kind of breaking its downtrend line. And that's that's a big time green shoot, because when the number of new lows start to dry up, you should pay attention when, you know, that's the one thing we talked about last year in October. We said that uh, the number of new lows were starting to accelerate. And uh, now, it's you know, the other way around now. The volatility index, which is the fear index, broke down hard. Remember, we talked about that making a series of lower highs, and it broke down, And but it's fairly oversold at this point. So I think there's going to be a rally, meaning I think there's some volatility go- going forward. So it'll be a good opportunity to buy things. And uh, I, I didn't get to everybody in September because I had uh, uh, I, a lot of people calling me. I didn't get a chance to call out. Uh but I think it's getting really interesting. The, the put-to-call ratio was very, very high and um, has materially declined from you know what we call an extreme reading back in, in the first week of October. So I think what you'll find is, uh, uh, you know, much of that was, by the way, short covering. <laughs> and I, I think it's complete. So, uh, you know, look, the, the other thing we always talk about is the American Association of Individual Investors. Bullish sentiment is improving. But it was an extreme, so it's it's not there yet. And the bearish sentiment dropped significantly last week uh, for obvious reasons. So, uh, you know, there's some things that you have to pay attention to. Growth versus value, value still has the ball, okay? Uh, growth had, you know, had the ball for seven, eight years, so it's not unusual for value had the ball. I tell you, with interest rates going up, the companies that can show you cash flow, there's the industrials. The banks, you know, those type of people will probably do pretty well. The other thing we always talked about was the S&P 500 high beta index versus the low volatility index. The low volatility index has held up extremely well, okay? But, the, the you know, the high beta index, is, by the way, is dominated by cyclicals. And, uh, you know, the, the low volatility, obviously, by safety stocks and growth stocks. Well, we came right to where we broke out from. So we broke out, pulled back. And now we're holding. Good sign. That's a good sign for all those industrials, the banks, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So there's a little bit of uh, resistance uh, coming up. So, you know, we want to be a little bit more careful. But just remember the 10 year treasury yield and the dollar have broken down trend lines in the 10 year yield 40 years, the dollar 36 years. So I don't think we're going back to the lows. Hey, let's take a break. We'll be right back and we'll talk about the bullish percent. Stay tuned.
comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Hello, Cleveland. My dad grew up in Cleveland. I've lived in Cleveland my whole life, and Cleveland rocks. And as a Cleveland plumber who's the son of a Cleveland plumber, one thing I can tell you is that Cleveland sewer pipes are all made of clay. And those clay pipe sections have seams every three to four feet where roots can grow, cracks can develop, and offsets form, and that causes some nasty clogs. For most clogs, we can cable or jet them out fast and get the water moving. But to really fix the problem properly requires a cable machine, a hydro jetter, a camera, several hours of work, all of which every drain tech does have ready to go so at why it works we embrace transparency we will bust the clog right away we'll show you on the camera and let you decide if you want to do a band-aid fix or a permanent fix either way the hard working straight talking do it right drain techs at why it works have got you covered consider it done at whyitworks.com license number 30185 hey everybody greg Laurie here from a new beginning you know we're excited about our partnership with a oneplace.com app you can listen to my messages anytime anywhere even offline without wi-fi with the one place app now more than ever don't you think we need to get god's word into our lives so let his word fill you with hope in your office in your home or in your car or wherever you are are at oneplace.com. Es que no puede ser que nadie vio. Now we're going to talk about the bullish percent, and you know we we talk about this every week because it's our main risk guide, and I, it's very important. It's it bring, it's brought to us by our friends at Dorsey Wright, and the Nasdaq now owns it. I think. Um, and what it does is, is it's just this, you look at a lot of charts, the New York Stock Exchange Index, and it goes from zero to 100. And what it tells you is the number of stocks on a point and figure chart buy signal. And when you get over 70, that's the red zone. That's when everybody's happy. That's when you should be careful. When you get below 30, which we were just two weeks or, you know, the, <laughs> September 30th, when I did that show, uh, we, we were below 30. We were at 18 at one point, And then we got to 22. You know, we got to five back in 2020, uh, and I haven't seen five too many times. I haven't seen single digits too many times. So it was a pretty good time to buy. And so what you, what it does is it disciplines you to buy low and sell high. Okay? It's that simple. So, uh, look, I noticed something first. You know, before we get into that, I noticed something that I look at the, the NDX, okay, and the the, the sense – you know the, the 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 market bottomed. You know the we'll call it. Uh, you know the the last two weeks of uh, the the uh, or the first two weeks of this month. You know things like CrowdStrike and Constellation Energy, American Electric Power, PepsiCo, Vertex, Timus, Kraft Heinz, Tesla. They've been underperforming. Right? They held up pretty well during the, the last couple of months, and we had things like ASML, Meta, Microchip, JD. Dot com, uh, Applied Materials, Aid, uh, Advanced Micro Devices, LAM Research, DocuSign, 
uh, NVIDIA and Moderna all do pretty well. So it's really important to be looking at the charts. You know, buying the index and, and uh, is, is probably a problem. But look, the bullish percent came in up another half a point to 55.62%. Now, we're getting to the, the range where, you know, you, you, you like to buy below 50. That's Tim Hayes' opinion. And fortunately, we made a big move very quickly and it was, you know, one day. <laughs> so it's hard to get people involved. But the over-the-counter index uh, is still at 36. It was up about a point and... And the world index is at 43.5. It was about half a point. And then the optionable universe is at 49.46. So what this is telling me, what this information is telling me, is it's been a large cap move. Okay? And that's something that we all got to remember because I I think it's very uh, important that you understand where the move's coming from. Now, the Russell 2000, the reason it's been up is it's got a lot of banks in it, okay? And when interest rates go up, banks make more money, okay? The spread between the money they get from the Fed and the money they loan out is much higher, all right? Uh, now, the question is, are they loaning any money? And that, that'll be the next, that'll be the question for 2023, by the way. But the point is, is that's, that's something you have to pay very close attention to. So, look, uh, I... I looked at the 10-year, and I looked at the dollar. I looked at the charts on them, and I did the point-and-figure charts. And I'm willing to bet that the 10-year saw its high for the next year. That's Tim Hayes' opinion. Because the velocity of the move down and the amount of volume, on, and I'm talking about the yield index now. So the 10-year actually went up. The, the bond price went up. The yield came down. The dollar, I think... Uh, you know, just got hammered. And I, I think the short-term uptrend is gone. Now, look, the yield, the 10-year yield and the dollar just broke out of 40-year and 36-year downtrends. They're not going back to where they were. It's, I'd be very surprised if they do. Very, very surprised. So, uh, they're down, but they're not out. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you. Now, on a pullback, the commodities, you know, on a dollar pullback, the commodities should do pretty well. And the two commodities that have done really well have been oil and agricultural commodities. Uh, but, you know, I, I did notice copper broke support, and, and, but, and gold looks like it wanted the bottom, you know, with the dollar rallying. But copper broke support, and then went right above support again. So very complicated scenario. But remember, these cyclical bull markets last between 16 and 18 years. And, it, you know, normally it's a 20, from the bottom to the top is 2,300%. If we just go to 2,000, we're looking at 13,500 to 14,000 on the S&P. It leaves 300% on the top. So, you know, that's why I'm saying don't get too bearish and, and people... Look, I'm the guy that told you, you know, in 2008, 2007, the cash would outperform the stock market. I also, in two, you know, 2000, I said, get out of every technology stock and biotech stock you had. So, uh, look, bear markets usually last about, you know, between 12 and 36 months, and it's usually a 36% decline. But that's in a secular bear. I think we're in a secular bull. 
But remember, we had 1987 in, in a secular bowl, and we had 1990 when Saddam Hussein rolled into town, and that was in a secular bowl, and we had 1998 when we had the Russian ruble crisis. So, you know, bull markets have bear markets in them. Usually they're short and sweet. Uh, this one was a little bit longer than I anticipated, to be honest with you, and I don't even know if it's over yet. So you just got to uh, remember the long cycles, okay, uh, that occur are important. Now, there's been lots of drawdowns since 1940, and this one wasn't as bad as the, obviously, the the, uh, the ones in, in the uh, late 30s or early 30s, but most of the drawdowns, uh, the big drawdowns were in between 2000 and 2016. So these drawdowns just seem to be a little bit faster, whatever. But we can't forget the four-year cycle, okay? Remember, 2024 starts it up again. So I think 2023 is going to be a year where you got to be very careful the stocks you buy. you got to be in the right groups. And, you know, if, if you don't know what you're doing, you got a problem on your hands, okay? This is, I don't think it's going to be the type of market where you go out and buy, you know, the local rumor stock or, or you, your buddy tells you to buy a stock. You better know what you're doing. Uh, I think you better know the, the charts, et cetera. Now, one of the things I do like is, you know, one of the things that we look at it at RBC is the four-month versus the 13-month moving average. And it's a very important. And, you know, we were very overbought. Uh, and now it looks like the momentum on the 13-month is starting to turn up. And, uh, or the four, I mean, the four-month is starting to turn up. If that's the case, uh, you know, we, that's usually a very, very good thing. The other thing is, you know, I talked about this cycle on the S&P 500, how we were at the top of the cycle. Okay, we, you know, we have these trend lines. So we have a series of higher highs. We, set, we draw trend lines there. Series of higher lows, we draw trend lines there. That's an uptrend. We were at the top of it at the beginning of January. We're at the bottom of it now. So now that everybody's frightened, everybody's scared, you know, the market makes sure the least amount of people make money. The least amount of people make money. So you've got to be thinking ahead. This is a chess match, folks. Where are your pieces right now is what I want to know. Okay. Uh, anyway, you know, we, we did have an, ex, an extreme oversold in September. We're now pretty overbought on a short-term basis. Uh, so you, you've got to pay pretty close attention to what's going on. You know, I haven't seen that many relative strength buys this this month, and that's very unusual. Um, and I, I got a call this week uh, from Ted, and Ted asked me, Tim, what about the foreign stocks? Uh, the EEM had a big move this week, and Chinese stocks have made a pretty big move. Um I haven't heard anything of them completely opening up. I noticed that Eunice Yoon, who's the, the reporter for CNBC, was in her studio for the first time in like 12, 13 months. That was interesting. But the relative strength is still not there for foreign stocks. Remember, they're, they're below domestic equities. And I think domestic equities made a jump over commodities this week. Uh, they didn't. You know, our friends at Dorsey Wright didn't say that, but they're, they're very close. I, I think they picked up a lot of votes. Uh, cash still is number one, by the way. So it, it was cash, commodities, domestic equities, international equities, uh, then bonds, 
and then currencies. So currencies are still uh, the low life. <laughs> All right. Uh, like I said, you didn't want to be in those. You know, the UUP was down four bucks, as one of my clients told me the other day, it was down four bucks on Tuesday, on Thursday. So uh, that's something to take particular, uh, pay particular attention to. So I don't see anything in the foreign stocks that on, on a technical basis that makes me want to jump and shout and run all about. But I will say this. Fundamentally, they're cheap. They're the cheapest anywhere, uh, especially the European stocks. They are very, very cheap. Uh, so, uh, but look, I think you got to pay attention. You know, we've broken the downtrend line dating back 40 years on the 10 year yield. Boy, that's a big, that's a big thing. So you've been in this massive bull market for bonds or bond yields for 40 years. It's over. So, the good news is, for those of you who you know, want to buy fixed income, there's an opportunity. Right now, it's between two and five years. Uh, I've been buying bonds. And by the way, the 10-year municipal is a good-looking, you know, after-tax return compared to the Treasury. Okay? And there's some, there's some corporates that are right up there, too, which look pretty good, too. So, you know, you, you put... The, tax, the taxable stuff into your IRAs, okay? You put the non-taxable stuff outside, you know, so you keep the government at bay. By the way, the first week of December, we are having Dane Topich back, okay? And Dane can help you put together a retirement plan for your small business or if you're in business for yourself. He, he, he saved a lot of people money, so that'll be coming soon. Uh, so anyway, if, if you look at the, the CPI, uh, uh, CPI year over year change, it's been huge, but it's starting to turn. So just pay attention to that because if, it, if inflation comes down, life will get better. Hey, let's take a break and we'll be right back with uh, uh, Insider Buys. Stay tuned. The Cleveland Orchestra welcomes you to Severance Music Center this November and December and the wonder all around. First, it's the brilliance of John Adams' El Nino. Then, Stravinsky's magical Firebird. And a powerful evening of Prokofiev and Walton. Experience the Cleveland Orchestra at Mandel Concert Hall this November and December. Tickets at clevelandorchestra.com. Hugh Hewitt thinks the GOP should get moving. To the people who give small dollar donations to Herschel right now, which are they're pouring in. Herschel raised $7 million over the weekend. He's going to need five times that amount by the end of this month. And we need the Herschel seat. It needs to be 50-50 to split the committees. It will be very useful to block the most radical nominees. So you, And Joe Manchin is still out there. Kristen Sinema is still out there. We need 50. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Bob Fratz at 9 on AM 1420. The answer and Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. 
Okay, we're back. Uh, you know, we always talk about insiders on the show because what we're trying to do is we're trying to start out with a strategy piece and then we, we go to a more, you know, some technical stuff. Uh, we, well, strategy piece, economics, and then we do some technical and, and fundamental stuff. And then, uh, you know, we, we come down to different sectors that we can buy. And then we, we look at insiders, you know, uh, insiders. If you put, take insiders, good fundamental research and technicals together, you're going to make a lot more money <laughs> than you would otherwise. So anyway, I, I did notice a couple things. Um, you know, uh, first of all, uh, Lazy Days Holdings, which is a, an auto and truck dealership, uh, Coliseum Capital, which is pretty smart money, bought a ton of it back on November 10th uh, to the tune of $24,140,000 worth. Any chump change, folks. And uh, Matt Jacobson did, bought some more data, Doug. All right. So, uh, you know, he's, he's a director. Uh, data Dog's a down and out one. It's been showing up on my charts. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Here's another one that's interesting. And uh, Eric uh, Rukum is a director at Six Flags. Uh, and he bought another 400,000 shares at 23 and some change. Now, it, it moved up a little bit, but that's about 9.5 million. He's been a buyer all summer long, okay, which I think is kind of interesting. Also, Tidewater, which is in the oil and gas thing uh, business, obviously, a director uh, bought 300,000 shares, $9 million at high, at a new high. Hmm, like that. And then we also had Element Solutions, which is specialty chemicals. Remember, the industrials and the banks, they'll look good. Uh, he bought $350,000 worth of stock or, or shares to tune of $7 million bucks. Uh He just did that yesterday. So, uh, you know, that's kind of interesting. And here's something really interesting. Glenn Welling, who's a director at NCR, you know, these guys uh, gapped down because they took themselves off, out, um, off the market. You know, they were trying to sell the company. And what they're going to do is split it up. And Glenn is a very, very smart man. And he bought six, you know, on the 10th, he bought 6.4 million. And then on the 11th, he bought another 5.8 million, which is, uh, you know, interesting. And then it, a week ago, right before the big rally, he bought 5.3 million. Hmm. I did notice that our friends at GV 2021 did buy some more Google L, Google and GitLab. Uh, they seem to be buying all of them. And then also uh, Definitive Health, you know, which has got killed. Uh, the executive chairman, uh, Jason Krantz, bought 450,000 shares for $5.1 million worth. That's a ton of money. Uh, and we had a couple more. We, uh, oh, you know what? I forgot. Uh, ESI, Martin Franklin bought um, uh, the day before, it bought another $4.7 million worth the day before. And uh, Massimo, which is medical instruments, we had the CEO and chairman of the board, Joe uh, Kiana. I'm sorry. Uh, he bought $4 million worth. Uh, that's been a down and out stock. It's, uh, you know, it was like 170. I think it's 133 now. And then also uh, Cable One, you know, we had an another buyer this week, uh, director Tom Gaynor. He bought 5,000 shares, which is 3.5 million. It's a high price stock. And uh, um, oh, you know what? I forgot. The, the gentleman from Cabo, just remember, he, he bought a bunch of stock last week too. Okay. Uh, he, he bought uh, like $6 million worth last last week, which is uh, a lot of money. And then uh, Health Catalyst, you know, we had uh, a, the chief executive officer, Don Burton. He bought some last week and he bought another $2 million worth. 
and we another Intel director bought stock. I thought that was interesting. Remember, I said I talked to my clients a couple of weeks ago, saying Intel was parabolic on the downside, which usually means it's going to rally. Um, but Lipton is his name, and he bought uh, 1.3 million dollars worth. And then, uh, you know, so you got to pay attention, you know, because that, that's like the third or fourth major buy in Intel. And Cotty, you know, Cotty was a ten dollars stock is now seven. And we had uh, Oliver Jodet. Uh, who's a director by about $1.4 million worth of stock. And so he, he really, uh, he's been loading up. Uh, you like seeing that. And then a couple other names, uh, Fortress Transport. We've, we've had, uh, Joe Adamson, who's the CEO. He's bought, uh, the, the regular stock, the N and the P stock, which is, you know, just different classes. He's bought, uh, $450,000 of each. So we'll just call that all one purchase. And Phil Frost at Opco. I don't know what he's I don't know what he's doing here, but he bought another two hundred thousand shares. Uh, he just keeps buying and buying and buying. And our good friend uh, Jay Farner at Rocket Mortgage, he he you know he can't say this guy doesn't back his company. He bought another million bucks worth. So uh, um, he's uh, you know I think when it turns he's going to make a lot of money, big big time. Um, you know I don't think the mortgage business will be down forever, especially when they're raising rates as fast as they are. Uh, Beyond that, okay, so let's let's go and uh, talk about some other things we're seeing. Um, one of the things, uh, you know, I've been kind of harping on for some time now is the healthcare area. Well, biotech had a big breakout, and, and so it's it's worth following. And healthcare is getting stronger on a relative strength basis. So, um, you know, I, I did notice a couple things. Uh, I, I think the S&P may you know, may continue possibly maybe to 4,100. And I, that's a lot of resistance right there. So we'll see. I, I also think there could be some selling coming in, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But the value line geometric average uh, is right at strong resistance right now. So, uh, but I, I tell you, biotech, especially large biotech, has broken out big. And, and uh, you know, I think that's important. Uh because they've been out to lunch, <laughs> you know, the healthcare business has been out to lunch for a pretty long time. And, and that's, that, that becomes uh, a big problem. But right now, I think you got to stay with the big names, not the small names, but uh, you know, the, the formation's kind of a huge head and shoulders formation going back uh, quite a bit, you know, so the breakout, uh, you know, if you, if you measure it, it has a long way to go, long, long way to go. So, uh, that's something I would be paying particular attention to. Um, the next thing I would be uh, talking about is, ah, hold on, I just screwed up on my computer, so bear with me. Um, yeah, you know, look, I, I think you got to take kind of a bullish stand for the seven, last seven weeks of the year, okay? And I think what you have to do, uh, you know, we, we – the market gets wishy-washy going into Thanksgiving and then the first week of December. All right. So I think some people will still, you know, still selling for tax losses, whatever. And then you, you, then it takes off, you know, the Christmas, you know, Santa rally, but we now have the treasury and the dollar, you know, they've blown through support and they're, they got a hold here. So we'll see what happens. But Look, I think, you know, if you look at the 60-year cycle going back, if you go into the 80-year cycle, even, you know, it's still on track. S&P 500 is breaking out here. So 
you know, uh, 60 year cycles are big, big, you know, a big notoriety. So that's something to pay particular attention to. Uh, now, I do think we face some major resistance, okay, coming up here. And, uh, you know, I, I think you got to pay particular attention to that. Now, I also think that, you know, the NASDAQ has made a big move. And the first move out of a, a bear market usually is the stock, stocks that went down the most, okay? And then the ones that held take off. And I'm seeing a lot of names, high-quality names in the industrial and in the, uh, in the oil and, and the financials uh, and the healthcare area that are starting to, to take off, you know? So I, I think, you know, it's one of those things where the next couple of months are going to be in, in, important. And I think they could, I think we're headed up for a while. Uh, now, I'm not making any calls for 2023 yet. I think, you know, it's going to be a choppy year. But look, in the meantime, take the end of the year and start 2023 on a positive basis. Start a wealth plan, okay? You don't have to sign up. You can just get the wealth plan, and, you know, hopefully you will sign up with us. But um, it's it's important to have a plan, to know where you're going, to understand, hey, you know, here are my goals. And if your goals change, we change them, okay? But it also tells you what we can do is go to playground and say, hey, you're going to make it or you're not going to make it. And if you're not going to make it, here's some changes we can make to help you, all right? So then we'll work on your portfolio. <laughs> Take it from there. But I think uh, right now, I'd be looking at dividend growth stocks, the prime income list, our top global best ideas in the in the oil area, I think are a great uh, idea. You know, they're fantastic scenario right now. And we are in the, you know, we just finished Friday our telecom, uh, well, it's Technology, Internet, Media, and Telecommunications Conference. And remember, four years ago, that thing was a home run. There'll be some really good ideas presented out of that. And so if you want the compilation, uh, you know, Matt Hedberg's still one of the best analysts on the planet. Uh, and I think there's some really good opportunities there. Now, the oil, the global oil list, I think you have to wait for some things coming back to you or you got to look at the charts. You know, that you're, it's important that you buy. The the oil field services stocks, I think, could be home runs. And I think the midstream, there's a couple of midstream stocks that are down and out that have nice, they're master limited partnerships. So there's some tax things you've got to worry about, but uh, they're good. They're positive for you. Um, and then, you know, there's some stuff in the expiration area. Uh, there's a couple that I would buy options on. <laughs> so, you know, there's some good ideas within that portfolio and I would highly recommend it. But those, those are the areas I'd stay with. So dividend growth, prime income list, get yourself a wealth plan, global best energy ideas. Uh, and uh, look, the the world is not going to change completely. Technology, internet, media, and telecommunications stocks are going to work eventually. And, you know, they're down. All right? So what do we do? We buy low, we sell high. That's That's how it works. All right, so don't forget. Uh, in the meantime, have yourself a great weekend. Uh, we're getting really close to Thanksgiving, so uh, have a great Thanksgiving in the meantime. And uh, don't forget, this is the Smart Investor Show. Don't forget a wealth plan. Buy low, sell high.
Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.